Hey chiropractors, we're ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Hey docs, welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, and today I've got a an interview. It's a unique one. It's a, it's a husband-wife team. Uh, they're partners in life and in practice, and we're going to dive into that topic. Uh, I really wanted to make sure um, we had this conversation because it's been popping up quite a bit, and I happen to uh, work with a, a fair amount of uh, couples in practice. And so it's a, it's an interesting dynamic, a lot of positives. There's some things to, to look out for as well. And so we dive into that today with, with Dr. Ella Ludeman and Dr. Mitch Quill, and they're outside of uh, Chicago area. They're in Illinois and they've uh, been doing really great things the last couple of years. And we're going to dive into that. And so in today's episode, we, we actually cover two really important topics. One is this partnership um, in life and in practice. And if you're not in that situation, you don't think you're going to get a lot out of this. There's a lot of great information we talk about in marketing in general as well. And then towards the end of it, we dive into, and I think this is where everybody can benefit from listening. uh, We dive into the maternity leave conversation and we, we talk about it from the perspective of the, um, the pregnant person. We also talk about it from the perspective of potentially the uh, owner doctor that's maybe not uh, in this couple type of situation where it's partners. Uh, in their situation, obviously, with Dr. Ludeman, she's uh, been pregnant twice and has two children. And obviously, having her husband at the practice and be able to um, treat patients has been very helpful, but there's very many, you know, there's a lot of other situations it could be, right? You could just be um, an employer and you have a female chiropractor. You could be a female chiropractor applying for a job. We talk about negotiating maternity leave ahead of time. Even if you're, frankly, even if you're 26 and single um, and you're getting a job as a female chiropractor, you don't know what the next few years could be after that. And so you want to make sure you have that type of stuff talked about. We even talk about bereavement, you know, and miscarriage and stuff like that. So we dive into a little bit of a topic and there's going to be a part two to this because there's some other things that we couldn't get into just for time constraints because this actually turned out to be our longest episode, but uh, very uh, enjoyable. And I hope you learn quite a few things from this. I think there's a lot of great takeaways. So here is my episode with Dr. Ludeman and Dr. Quill. Before our episode, I want to announce a new sponsor for the podcast, and that is the GRIP Approach. Have you thought about adding more rehab services to your office, yet stalled, not knowing where to begin? Most of us know our patients would benefit from skilled rehab in addition to adjustments, but the process can seem daunting to implement and to know exactly what to do to get good results. As chiropractors, we're skilled at palpating the spine to know where to adjust, And the GRIP approach allows us to do the same thing with rehab by essentially palpating a patient's movement control with a series of simple tests. GRIP shows you which rehab exercise to utilize, the best tissue therapies to use, and how often to do it for exceptional results with your patients every time. The best part is GRIP is organized online in a way that you can access seamlessly during patient care. By simply typing in a body region plus the movement of issue, you will get tons of great information on how to help your patients via quick one-minute clips and detailed notes. Right now, their their introductory course is 100% free on gripapproach.com. That is G-R-I-P approach.com. So there's no reason not to check it out today. All right. Welcome to the show, Ellen Mitch. I really appreciate your time today. I'm excited to have a unique conversation, you know, after about four years, uh, actually this month will be four years of this podcast. Sometimes it gets hard to come up with unique topics and, and different challenges that are out there. And this is uh, definitely one of those. So uh, before we dive into all that, welcome to the show. I appreciate your time today. Yep. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So just give us a little background, whoever wants to start, that's fine, but just give us a little background of, um, you know, where you graduated from, how you guys met, 
and, and the whole nine yards and then we'll go into it. All right, so I'll field that question. Uh, mm -hmm. Mitch and I met at Palmer College of Chiropractic in Davenport in the summer of 2014. I was a trimester ahead of him. No, a year a ahead of him. I was a full year ahead of him in school. Three trimesters. Um, technically, I was his radiology tutor. Oh, so are you a cougar? Uh, no, no, he's actually older than okay. me. Um, okay. And I was tutoring the tutor. Right. Uh, Mitch stayed an extra year in grad school to party and undergrad, yeah. yeah, undergrad. And I was a, I was an overachiever. Um, so we met at a, uh, minor league baseball game and Mitch thought that the best way to handle his nerves was to drink a 40 in a block. So, <laughs> so we were like that awkward couple, um, that Mitch doesn't remember our first night hanging out. Um, and somehow he charmed me and seven years later we're married with two kids so and a practice and a practice yeah that's awesome you know it's been fun to uh the first time we actually got to get to know each other is you both came down to florida for the csa retreat and that was a good time but it's been fun to get to know you over the year or so now year and a half almost and, and how you've developed um professionally and obviously your family has uh developed and that's what we're going to dive into a little bit today is, is have a podcast about, you know, being a, a partner in life and being a partner, uh, obviously in practice and some of the, the nuances, the, the positives, the challenges, the, the different, uh, topics that are around that. And so I'm excited to, to have that conversation, uh, with you. So tell me about, uh, when you, uh, let's say you're both now graduated from chiropractic school, what did, how did your careers each start and, and then how did they converge into owning your own practice together? So all I can say is woof. <laughs> um, it was, we had quite the challenges. So I graduated in 2015, mm -hmm. worked for a Rosti, which is mm -hmm. another hot topic. Um, worked for a Rosti in Texas moved around in maternity coverage for them, mm -hmm. uh, relocated to Chicago. Mitch had graduated from chiropractic school. We had both done um, time at the VA hospital in Temple, Texas. Oh, nice. We decided that we wanted to relocate from Texas back to Chicago, be closer to both of our families. Mm -hmm. And then I got fired by a Rossi. So then Mitch actually got a job in Chicago first with a doctor in displays. Mm -hmm. And then I got a job with a doctor in Mount Prospect. And then three months into that, found out that she was committing insurance fraud. So I quit um, <laughs> and then worked out of our CrossFit gym and in Lululemon. Um, it was very bad for our paycheck. It, yeah, <laughs> I, we probably, I spent all the money on Mitch because he got the I love you man discount at 40%. Nice. Um, so you yeah. were not only the, uh, you weren't the cougar, but you were the sugar mama for a little bit. Yes. 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 Um, and then we both ended up working for that same doctor that he started with in displays. Um, mm -hmm. and Mitch worked for him for three years and I worked with him for two. And then in, uh, 2019 found out, so we've been married nine months. Mm -hmm. One morning on his way home from the CrossFit gym, I texted him. I was like, you need to go pick up some pregnancy tests. <laughs> and three tests later, I had three positives. And I was like, nope, it's still not right. Like, <laughs> can't be right. Tried two more. So I took two more during our lunch break and then had like this huge meltdown, this big oh shit moment. Yeah. Um, the good thing is like the night before, though, is when we found the practice that we're in. Ah. Uh, it was like perfect timing. We had we had talked to them on Tuesday, uh, went to, went in and like talked to him in person on Thursday night, Friday morning at like five 30 in the morning was the only time I could work out. I was working out, got a text like, Hey, you need to go to the, you need to go to Walgreens. So I was like, what am I looking for? Mm -hmm. like, Pick one. I was like, okay. <laughs> but we've been great. looking for a practice for about a year ish. Yeah. But uh, there was a couple in the Chicago area that we were contemplating those deals mm -hmm. fell through uh we we went as far as looking in the virgin islands at a yeah. chiropractic office in the front across nice. the back that didn't yeah. work out either so i yeah. uh not to interrupt but i will yeah. i i've always had the dream of the virgin islands because my grandparents retired down there in the early 80s and i grew up 
uh, going down to St. John where they lived all the time. And I always envisioned like what you just described was, uh, you know, living on the top floor and, and practicing on the bottom floor and, and, you know, going to the, the beach every day. So yeah, and where the practice was, was in the middle of the Harbor where they would have like, uh, six cruise ships and all that fun stuff. So, okay. Like it was at our stage of life, like they were in the same stage with us trying to start a family. So they wanted to move back to their home, their home state. Yeah. They're like, eh, it's not going to work. So it is what it is. Yeah. You know, the islands can be tough sometimes too. It's like, if you're really, if you're not careful, you end up just drinking all day. Yeah. Well, This was back in the time when Zika was a thing. So they needed to get off the island to get pregnant. And we were like, well, that doesn't make any sense because we want to start a family and mm-hmm. you know, Zika can affect a male for at least six months after exposure. So we're like, yep. well, this doesn't make any sense. And, and the year after Katrina, like if it got hit again. Yeah. Well, it wasn't Katrina. It was that was in the early 2000s, but it was um, one of the other ones. I do know what you're because uh, I was my family. I still have an uncle down there. It was it was a pretty bad one. I think it was like Maria. There was one of them. And Irene. Yeah, I think that was the other one. They hit Puerto Rico as well, which isn't too far from there. But yeah, yeah. Good thing you weren't there. Um, all right, cool. You know, and sometimes when we have a topic on a podcast, there's always a little uh, sidebar that is worth, uh, touching on. And, and that is, is like, we're going to dive into it right now in a, in a little bit about how developed your practices and how, you know, things are going very well, but it took some time to get your footing. And so some of our audience out there that's listening, if you feel like you're still in that phase where you haven't gotten your footing, uh, it, it can turn quickly for you in a positive direction. If you keep on making, the right moves and obviously finding the thing that's going to work out. And so it sounds like it took a little bit for both of you to get your footing and then you had the surprise, but, and then shortly after that, it, um, tell us about how you were able to find this practice and acquire it. So we have been using, um, different practice brokers and ended up looking at, uh, I believe it's progressive practice sales with Jack Flynn. And he had something listed in, it said like Western Chicago suburbs, Mm-hmm. So we sent him an email saying we were interested, signed an NDA, found out that the practice was in Bolingbrook, Illinois, scheduled to meet with this Dr. Tyler, went down there, met up with him, um, and just really bonded with him very quickly, mm-hmm. found out that we were pregnant. And then just the way that the dice kind of rolled, things uh, progressed for us to move out of the current situation that we were in. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were able to, through our connections with UMB Bank, we were able to get financing for this practice with 0% down um, and were able to then step into um, purchasing the practice on April 1st of 2019. In hindsight, you should never purchase a practice on April Fool's Day. <laughs> Or start, yeah. Um, because I started, I actually, I started my practice on April, April 1st, 2010. Did your building call on, catch on fire the first day? No, no, it didn't. Our oh, oh, tell me about that. So, yeah, like uh, our normal day was just kind of chugging along, and then around like three o'clock, uh, the power went out, which apparently is common. We didn't know that the power just goes out, and then um, about an hour later the fire alarms kept going off I'm like okay this is a problem uh, we ended up going outside and then uh sure enough the fire department showed up it wasn't a false alarm i guess because the power went out over over taxed the heater or something and then smoke oh. was starting to like fill the the hallways and so not a big fire but some some sort of electrical fire was happening so then a year Ooh. later <laughs> that's brutal and then and then not even a year later you get the pandemic right yeah great (laughs) but the good news is is you both are doing very well the practice is humming along you've uh recently hired an associate you you know like a lot of things are going well and so that's exciting and so i want to dive in i want to transition a little bit to um having you each discuss your uh unique roles in the practice Uh, you're both obviously licensed licensed DCs and, and doing your thing, but I know that you each play a little bit of a different role. So let's uh, each outline that for me. Yes, yeah, so for my role, I'm pretty much all patient care clinic director type role. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty much seeing the majority of patients as well as far as hours. I'm working Monday to Thursday, mm-hmm. uh, which is great seeing all pretty much most of the patients. 
um, dealing with a lot of stuff. I've, I've been training the front or the, the new associate too, just kind of working on yep. systems with him, yep. uh, getting them up to speed as quickly as possible so that they can succeed. Um, and then it's been, it's been fun trying to teach the front desk certain things on how to, to work the system and then hiring and firing. That's always fun too. Yeah. It's always a good, it's always a good time. Uh, before we jump into that, have, uh, it wasn't always that you worked only, I shouldn't say only, but Monday through Thursday, you were working Fridays before. Is that correct? Yeah. So when we took over, we were open at 6am on uh, Fridays. We're in, we're in a commuter area. So mm-hmm. people are coming into Bolingbrook to work. Most people are leaving Bolingbrook to go to the city. Yeah. Uh, so pre COVID we were open at 6am to 7pm. So I was working Whew. all day Monday, half day Tuesday, all day Wednesday, all day Thursday, mm. Friday, uh, Friday from eight to noon, uh, and then every other Saturday. So, okay. The bulk of the hours and, uh, I know the answer to this, but talk to our audience about when you made that decision not to treat Fridays, it, it hasn't really harmed your practice. Is that correct? Not at all. I would say it, it helped honestly, because yeah. we were able to get a three day weekend, spend time with the family, especially the young family. Yeah. Um, usually on those long days, I'm not able to get home in time to see the girls. So mm-hmm. it's great to be able to spend the time with them. Perfect. Good. And then, uh, you know, you, you mentioned see the, the girls, uh, update us on that. Cause we've talked about the, the first pregnancy, but now we've got two, right? Right. So, um, <laughs> with the, with the pandemic, we were also one of those couples that didn't listen to the six feet apart rule. So, um, <laughs> we had the start of the pandemic in March and then again, come April 1st, uh, found out around that time that we were pregnant with baby number two. Nice. Um, so not only did we get to navigate the pandemic in our second year of practice with our technically our first full year of four quarters in practice, then we mm-hmm. got to navigate um, almost Irish twins and a pandemic pregnancy. So we've really tackled a lot in our first two years. Yeah. Uh, hoping that year three is a little more smoother sailing. Um. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it will be. And for our non-Irish uh, audience, uh, I'm Irish too. And, and my family is the epitome of Irish twins. My, my mom is one of five and they were all born from 1954 to 1961. <laughs> so that means you basically just are having kid after kid. <laughs> right. So we got pregnant at six months postpartum. Uh-huh. Um, definitely was not something that we had planned and then we just kind of rolled with it uh but definitely difficult to navigate business and pregnancy during a pandemic and there's significant differences between my pregnancy with the first and with the second just because of the time period Um, even though they were going to be just barely over uh, a year apart Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's challenging, and and we're gonna definitely dive into that part of it, the maternity and paternity leave aspect, because that's a question we get a lot. Uh, before we do that, uh, tell me tell me a little bit about your role in the practice. Uh, at, when you let's actually, because it's obviously ever changing for you right now with the kids and such. But uh, tell us how you started into the office, what your role was, and then maybe how that's changed if it has. Uh, so when we started in April of 2019. I was working full-time with Mitch. I was also in my second trimester of pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I took on um, the role of like the systems in the practice alongside of practicing as well. So going through that transition, we did um, pay for that doctor to stay with us for three months. So that was really good um, because Mm -hmm. we were able to establish rapport with patients and then kind of figure out who needed to be seen by which doctor, but then alongside with that, then I worked more in the business aspect of as well, um, Mm -hmm. doing the marketing, working with the staff, working with the billing. And then as we had the inevitable turnover with our front desk, Mm -hmm. doing the, um, the job application and the hiring process, and then the systems training process, and then kind of becoming the, catch all for anything and everything else that needed to be done while Mitch worked on the clinic side and then um, went on maternity leave 
handled mm-hmm. some very difficult uh, patient phone calls three days postpartum, handled mm-hmm. staff quitting, and then came back from yeah came back from maternity leave at five weeks postpartum. Continued to work part time, seeing patients, and then still managing everything in the practice. And now, um, with baby number two, I've stepped more into that like overarching like CEO mm-hmm. role um, where we've we've delegated marketing. Um, I've delegated most of patient care to Mitch, and then to our associate. The training mm-hmm. of the associate is delegated to Mitch. Mm-hmm. working more on the hiring um, and systems process with like the front desk staff um, and then anything else, marketing, uh, QuickBooks, all of that, that gets done in my two hour window yeah. <laughs> during nap time. Um, so it's definitely evolved and I've definitely stepped back from patient care mm-hmm. more after this second one. And that's been hard to accept because that's never the role that I thought I saw myself being in, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but the way that we have it working now, it's actually working really well. And I think that our relationship has been better for it. And I'm not going to say the practice has been better for it just because, um, obviously things will get missed when you don't have both owners with their yep. hand in the business because um, no one cares about your business as much as you do. Yep. But I will say um, I would never want to be in a partnership with anybody else because I know that the really the only person in my life that I could trust to run our business is Mitch. And so mm-hmm. if I can't be there physically, I know that he at least has the business best interest in mind while yep. I'm at home with our family. Yeah. And I want to unpack some of that because, um, you know, we're, we're going to discuss the positives and the challenges and, and you've named a, a couple of, of each there, but from a positive standpoint, I just want to highlight that. Yes. When you get very clear on some of your uh, unique abilities, uh, then it's pretty cool when one can really focus on one side of things and the other one can focus on the other. And it, you know, it's so much easier to build something great when you've got two people that have a fully vested interest in the development of it. You know, that there's no doubt about it. That's a, a positive. Uh, the other positive is, and again, we'll dive into the topic a little bit more, but you can take some maternity and know that it's not a fill-in doc, nothing wrong with fill-in docs, right? But it's not, not like having the business partner still working full time and knowing that the the ship is still going really strong. And, and so that's great. Now on, on the potential pitfall side of things, which you mentioned was, um, is maybe finding yourself not in the role that you envisioned, but at the same time, adapting to what's best for both business and family. Does that sum that up accurately? Absolutely. Yep. And then how did you, um, I just, I kind of want to mix, so we're going to talk about personal life and, and business life strategies, but what was your, as a couple strategy on coming to, to together on that, where I feel like you both have really strong, um, roles in your practice that are both very vital, but obviously not like what you said, what you envisioned, how did you communicate on that? How, what was the decision-making process with that? Other than the fact that you've had two babies. <laughs> um, so we butted heads a lot. Mm-hmm. And then we did this thing where we hired this guy named Kevin Christie, to, uh, <laughs> help us and bless you for working with us. Cause I know that some of those calls were not necessarily the most fun um, oh, they've been but, great. <laughs> um, it was definitely just working through like who really needed to do what, who mm-hmm. had the best, like you said, unique ability, like unique ability. And then really us butting heads, having some arguments. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was some sleeping on the couch involved. Ironically, it was the pregnant person that slept on the couch and not the non-pregnant person. It was 
Mitch, I can I can edit that out of the show. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I slept on the couch too. It is a very comfortable couch. So that's great. Um, you know, and I just want to interject real quick. You know, obviously we're talking to two licensed DCs that are partners, but I know there's a lot of couples out there where one is the DC and one is not, but it's a very similar dynamic, uh, excluding the fact that you're not a treating physician in that scenario, but there's still a lot of things that are similar. I think another thing is too, is that there had to be like a point, Mm -hmm. um, maybe not like rock bottom, but pretty Mm -hmm. low to rock bottom where you're just like, I don't feel like arguing about this anymore. So Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to relinquish control here. And then Mm -hmm. you have to get to the point where you're like, I know I want to have my hands in all of this, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to trust that my partner also has my best interest in mind. And I think both of us, um, because we're both a little on the strong willed end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Had to Mm -hmm. like lean in into each other more and be able to trust that like at the end of the day, this person was going to make the best decision for our business. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's really important. And you know, I, I've even seen it from the perspective of one uh, is the practice owner um, and the other spouse uh, or slash partner uh, is not a chiropractor, is not working for the practice, but um, still you have to have communication on big decisions. And that came, that was part of, you know, after the pandemic, I went down to just twice a week, but I made sure that I um, had a lot of communication with Laura on that, even though she doesn't have any um uh, role in, in any of my businesses other than being um, my mental support in a lot of ways. But um, we had to have communication, the fact that like, I'm going to be working from home a lot more, but when I'm working from home, I'm working, you know, that's a challenge for those that are working from home and not as many in our profession, obviously, but there's always got to be communication no matter the situation. And sometimes it's got to be hard conversations, right? For sure. Yeah. And so what we're, uh, let's highlight a couple more positives of being a partner in this, in this practice, what have you noticed over the, uh, pulling up on two, actually, you've already, you've had the two year anniversary of, of owning the practice. What have been some of the other positives of having this team effort? So I would say from a clinical standpoint, mm-hmm. um, it is a lot easier to sell the husband and wife combo mm-hmm. than it is the this is the owner of the practice and this is the associate because Mm -hmm. we're kind of on an even playing field. So yes, like there are patients that don't want to see me because Mm -hmm. I'm a woman, but there are also patients that Mitch will see that he will say, you know what, like you might be better off to see my wife. Or I've had patients that he's seen that they've said, oh, Dr. Quill's too strong. And Mm -hmm. they see me, which we all know I'm the more aggressive one when it comes to treatment. (laughs) But it, it's easier to market and mm-hmm. it's easier to um, reestablish patient rapport mm-hmm. between a husband and wife. And I will say from a maternity standpoint, mm-hmm. it is easier for me to pass off my patients to my husband yep. because regardless of the fact that he's a doctor, they still see him as my husband mm-hmm. um, than it is to pass my patients off to an associate or a maternity coverage doctor. And the fact that, you know, there's always that perception of when there's partners in a practice, they say, oh, he or she's the other owner, there must be just as good. Whereas sometimes, you know, as an associate, there there has this perception from the potential patient that it's like, oh, I'm getting the associate doctor. Uh, Although, if, if you train the associate right and all that, you overcome that for sure. But there's definitely that easier saying, oh, I'm just seeing the other owner doctor on this, which is definitely uh, useful for sure. Definitely. And I've, I've, I would say another positive is everyone's like, oh, like, how is it working with your spouse? Blah, blah, blah. You always mm-hmm. see each other. I'm like, no, we don't. So <laughs> like, one's always doing one thing in the office. One person, one person is doing another thing at the office. I might not see her until lunch. Yeah. And if they yeah. be on lunch, I'm still doing stuff and she has to go do other things. So from a 12 hour day, maybe Mm -hmm. we we might see each other at night when we get home. So, yeah. And we're going to touch on some of the strategies in place to have that uh, line of demarcation in your, in your business and personal. 
Um, that'll be, a, that'll be a great topic because I, I know that comes up, that comes up in all, almost all relationships. If, yep. if there's a lot of work involved and obviously being a small business owner, there's a, a lot of work involved, but, uh, what, is there any other positives that you can think of that has been, um, kind of revealed itself over the last couple of years? I mean, I would still go back to, there's no other person that I would want to work with mm -hmm. than Mitch, because yeah. I know that he will always have my back. And as a female, mm -hmm. um, I have had many inappropriate conversations yeah. from patients. And I know that I can say, hey, patient, mm -hmm. you see that giant doctor out there? <laughs> That's my husband. If you continue to talk to me this way, I'm going to go grab Dr. Quill. Mm -hmm. Now, do you want to rethink what you just said? And I've said things just like that. And yep. they shut up real quick. Good. <laughs> so there's also from a female perspective, mm -hmm. I feel much safer in clinical practice with a giant like Mitch being like, Hey, that's my husband. You need to change how you're talking to me, yeah. or I'm going to dismiss you, release you, or I'm going to bring him in and we're going to be done with our appointment. Let's take a break from today's episode and announce our sponsor, Propel Marketing and Design. I've known Darcy Sullivan for years and we've worked hand in hand on my websites. I don't trust anybody else to do search engine optimization. There's so much to it and she does a great job. If you're really going to get results with Google, you have to make sure your website is SEO optimized. And I really don't want you doing it yourself as a chiropractor. You just have to have this type of stuff done for you. There's just no way around it. And if you're looking to get more organic online traffic that pulls in new patients, Propel Marketing Design is currently offering chiropractors who listen to this podcast a free SEO website review. The free review will help you uncover methods that will improve your website and boost your search engine visibility. Head over to propelyourcompany.com slash chiropractor and schedule your free SEO website review. You won't regret it. She gets great results and your website needs this. Your search results need this. Head on over there to propelyourcompany.com slash chiropractor to get your free SEO website review today. Look, you've heard me talk about ChiroUp before, and I'll talk about them again. For those of you that aren't familiar with ChiroUp or haven't checked them out, what they are doing is amazing. I just love their clinical expertise and how they really help the chiropractor and help the chiropractor help their patient base. Right? ChiroUp is an online platform designed by two chiropractors, Dr. Tim Bertelsman and Dr. Brandon Steele. They have nailed down the three things that chiropractors want and then created the resources to accomplish these goals all in one online system. Look, if you want to save more time, treat more conditions confidently, and grow your practice, then you need to try ChiroUp. Their subscribers love ChiroUp because the resources are practice game changers. I love them because I feel like we don't know how to create content sometimes and we struggle with ideas or feeling confident in what we're talking about and Kyra really helps solve that for you and you will love them because of their commitment to work with you and your unique practice goals seriously go to their website check out their plans and see what they're all about first time subscribers can get 15 percent off their monthly subscription with the code christy 15 that's christy 15 for 15 percent off your monthly subscription so if you don't have a, a Mitch in your office, maybe a security guard. No. <laughs> right. Pretty much. But also I'm very strict about um, him treating female patients without anybody in the office. Mm -hmm. So even from that standpoint, if he doesn't have a front desk with him, then yeah. I'm always with him. So that risk is mm -hmm. always mitigated because we're working together. Yeah. And aside from some cute elderly ladies, <laughs> Mitch has never really had any issue with any other. There's been one instance since mm. we've worked together where a female patient of his showed up without a sports bra on and yeah. wanted Mitch to treat her shoulder. And I was like, absolutely not. You will be seeing me. And mm. then I was very clear with her because then she messaged Mitch on Instagram and I like brought her out to the front desk with a massage therapist present. I was like, mm -hmm. you will never message Dr. Quill again on social media. Like you are no longer allowed to schedule to see him. Like this is inappropriate yeah. behavior. You can now only schedule with me or this person. Otherwise you will receive a letter of dismissal. And 
I like to think that if Mitch wasn't practicing with me, he would probably have had more of these issues over the last five years than what he's had. No, I think you're right. I th- you probably, uh, when both are in the office, mitigate some of those things because it's a reality. And obviously, it's it's a harsher reality on the on the female end of things. There's no doubt about it. Um, but it sounds like uh, the ability to handle those situations is a lot better as well. So good. That's a you know I I could probably I should probably have a whole episode on that type of stuff and kind of risk mitigation and and things. Uh, it's it's a it's a reality for sure. It's not not the easiest thing in the world to deal with. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, perfect. Uh, what are some of the potential pitfalls um, of of working with a partner that's in partner in life and in and work? Uh, separating business and home life. For that's sure. a big one. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that's a big one. Uh, when we're both out on vacation, like the clinics. It would be closed, but we have the associate now. So that is definitely a, a solution yeah. to the problem. Yeah. Um, no. I know you, you, you both are doing well in practice, which is great. Uh, but I know another potential pitfall, and, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit earlier on, is, um, you know, there's two mouths to feed, right? If you got two partners, there needs to be enough revenue coming in, profit to pay two doctors early on when maybe it's not necessary. Like if it, if you weren't, you know, spouses, you probably wouldn't need two chiropractors, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we started off, it was mostly a, cause it started off as um, me seeing most of the patients. Then mm-hmm. Ella was kind of seeing her patients here and there that yep. were the female. Um, yes. But we also, but we also mitigated cost mm-hmm. because instead of having three front desk and an associate, it was one front desk and me and then Mitch and I. So I was able to step into two roles Perfect. where I was able to save us in cost because we weren't paying for marketing. We weren't paying for QuickBooks. We weren't paying for an additional body at the front desk because I was doing it all plus seeing patients. So we were able to grow the practice because I was available to do exams. I was available to do overflow, but I was also available to be Mitch's front desk mm-hmm. so that we saved on payroll. Yeah. Then once, once her schedule got busy, we were able to hire uh, another couple of front desks to cover that stuff. Um, so yeah, once, once her schedule got rolling, it was, it was real nice. Perfect. Yeah. That makes sense. I didn't think about that being able to just kind of divvy up some of the tasks that would cost you money from there. So perfect. I'm glad you highlighted that. Now let's, let's dive into what you brought up as a potential pitfall. And and that is uh, obviously being able to separate the business and the personal. What are some of the things, uh, obviously Fridays are off now, so that's helped. So uh, let's start with that and then we can roll with some other ideas. Well, so we have gone through three CPAs. Mm-hmm. So I will say from a tax perspective, <laughs> we have learned that going out and talking about business is actually a beneficial thing. <laughs> so with the pandemic, we did not leave our home for, we basically went to work and then came home. And what we realized was that we were missing that ability for us to go out together or us to go out as a family and then like get out of our home, but also discuss business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we did at the beginning of this year, yes, no, at the end of last year, I'm sorry, I can't keep my, my, mind. <laughs> it's all blending in nowadays. Yes. Um, so we pulled a, uh, Kurt and Krista mm-hmm. and we went to a resort in Wisconsin together while I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we were able to like take time away from for ourselves mm-hmm. and enjoy one-on-one time without our daughter. Mind you, I was still carrying the other one. So mm-hmm. not 100% alone, but we were able to like set aside specific time in that trip to go over some business and mm-hmm. be, be very intentional with that. Because when you're running a business together and one of you is coming home late while the other one's home with kids, like Mitch comes home at night and I, I have like a series of questions for him. Yeah. He's like, nah, I just want to sit down and have a beer 
And I'm like, but I need you to answer these questions for me right now, because it's been giving me anxiety all day. Mm -hmm. So we were able to take this trip and be very intentional about our time together and structure time for our business and time for ourselves without children. And that was huge for us. Yeah, that's really nice. Have you considered doing that a little bit more often, a few times a year, like having a, a little retreat that's uh, personal and, and business? Yeah. So we just did this uh, recently. We went to a seminar and I left both of the children with Mitch's parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and we realized that this was our first trip since um, the CSA retreat in 2019. Mm-hmm. And then this was our first trip alone um, since January of 2020. So we were able to, again, combine work and personal downtime. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would say we enjoyed ourselves a little too much because we missed our flight the next day. (laughs) There you go. We made it on standby the next flight. So we were good. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. It's good. Good. Glad you had fun. Um, and then how about uh, the Fridays now that you're not working Are are you, um, using that for some cleanup stuff from the business, a little bit of personal, how's that Friday shaking out for you both now? It's turned into a, a we've, we've kind of had the hybrid a little bit. So yep. right now with Ella's and my schedule and with the childcare situation with COVID, mm-hmm. uh, Ella's starting to work Friday mornings, just okay. a couple hours here and there, to keep it super simple. Yep. Only seeing the patients she likes to see. Um, everyone else just kind of push, gets pushed off to me or the associate, which is great for her. Um, Occasionally, I've come in and cleaned up a couple of things with the girls. The girls get to get out of the house. Uh, they get to see people, which they haven't seen in over a year, basically. So they get to socialize. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and usually Friday afternoon, we're scheduling calls, uh, cleaning up some admin stuff, some back office stuff that we don't get a chance to do, to do over the week. Um, if we are able to, we'll definitely go to my parents in Wisconsin. They just bought a house in Lake Geneva, so we're mm-hmm. looking for a good summer. Oh, nice. On the beach there. So it should be a great time. Good. But Sounds like you're having fun. Prior to mm-hmm. baby number two, um, Fridays was really beneficial for us. Like Mitchell said, we could book like our coaching calls. I could yep. do um, like a phone call with like my mental health counselor. And like we could do all the things. We mm-hmm. could schedule midwife appointments and things that we couldn't do because we were so busy during the week with clinical practice Yep. Um, that taking Fridays off was huge. And then Mitch had pointed out earlier that what it did was because we condensed our hours due to COVID, we were able to capitalize on the time that we had in the office. Mm-hmm. When we added an associate, as that associate got busy, then we were able to open up Fridays. So then that allowed us because we shortened our hours, then as we started to expand, we were able to reopen and be more efficient. Mm-hmm. And it was more efficient from a payroll perspective. And then as we got busier, patients appreciated that we rehad those, like we reopened those Fridays. So Mitch is still able to take those off. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's worked really well with my ability to leave the girls with him. And then I can come in for four hours a week, get away from the kids, do what I need to do in the office. And then I get to see um, my ideal client, which is more fulfilling for me on a practice end mm-hmm. that I get to see the patients that really um, make you happy. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. No, and, and that's, what's been nice is you've been able to whittle down to a patient base that really um, you're, you're passionate about, which is great. Not everybody gets that opportunity. Definitely. What do we so, get to call that? Uh, pruning the bushes? Yeah, no, it's true. And then it's amazing when you do that, it, it grows better, right? And it, and, yes. it uh, yeah. and it'll grow bigger and stuff like that. So that's, uh, that's perfect. One thing I, I remember experiencing, I'm going to just tell a little story for the audience as well, that you need to be careful of. I used to rent from an orthopedic office and then a couple days a week, there was a ENT doc uh, that rented and his wife worked the front desk and they used to get into these blowouts arguments about anything in the office in front of patients. <laughs> and I one time I walked out there and was like, I, cause you know, my patients there too, is like, look, you guys got to figure this out on your own time. You can't be bringing stuff home to work and, and whatever. And they kind of looked at me like, you know, I was just probably 32 year old and they're like 55 years old but I just had enough of it. You know, I always remembered that if I was like, if my spouse ever works with me, 
really got to be careful with bringing stuff from home to work and, and probably even vice versa. Uh, so anybody that's out there doing it, you, you can't let your team or patients see any of that type of stuff. You, you got to really draw the line with that. Or more often we bring business home. Yeah. It's mostly home. Usually we home never makes it to the office, but which is better, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> um, it, but that's, that's marriage. I mean, that's, that's everybody's marriage. There's always work in progress and there's always yeah. going to be times where we shouldn't be arguing, but we sh- what we all do. <laughs> so, um, but that's just something I want to interject just in the sense of, I saw that firsthand and what that was doing. Uh, that was probably eight years ago, but uh, it was something that stuck with me for sure. So, um, all right, cool. I think you you outlined a few great strategies there, and then let's let's jump onto our last topic, and then we'll I'll let you go. But uh, that's the whole maternity leave. Paternity leave comes up a lot in the in the groups. Um, Ella, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that and some of what you've done and things you've learned over the course of of two babies. So, with our first maternity paternity leave we it's your first kid you don't know what to expect you don't Mm -hmm. know if your baby's coming on the due date if it's a scheduled c-section like you know when the baby's coming but you don't know how the outcome's going to be you're still not guaranteed even with a scheduled c-section that you're going to have your baby that day because you could go into labor before and have some type of complication so i think it's really hard for us uh type a personalities that it's like one of those things in life that you will never have full control over and is never ever going to go the way that you have it planned. So in practice, I felt like there was this expectation for us to get maternity coverage. And as a female chiropractor with female patients that specifically only wanted to see a female, I felt burdened to provide that type of care while I was gone because Mm -hmm. I was having a baby and looking back at it, probably one of the worst decisions that we made in 2019, um, because that maternity coverage doctor, um, Mm -hmm. and we used a very reputable company in the Chicago area. Uh, she literally like cost us patients and a front desk staff. And Mm -hmm. because of the way that things were handled, while Mitch and I were gone. And mind you, Mitch took a total of two days days off with our first. Um, I had to call someone at three days postpartum to apologize for the experience that she had. And I'm like postpartum bawling on the phone while this older lady rips into me because of what occurred with the staff and this maternity coverage doc. Hmm. And so we walked out of that scenario being like, never again are we ever going to hire a coverage company like never again am i like going to think that anyone besides my husband can take mm-hmm. care of our patients better and in reality some of those patients that were my patients mm-hmm. now prefer to see Mitch because he's more gentle than i am <laughs> so the like the irony of that's the not gentle well. giant yes. yeah i think we we kind of probably got stuck in like oh the female chiropractor blah blah, blah mm-hmm. to like the stereotype right it's yeah doctor adjustments blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. that's not how ella just uh at all no, so i've I got a pre i've got a female preceptor right now and it's the best cervical manipulation and thoracic that i've had at, from a preceptor uh, yeah and i've had a lot of preceptors and it's just it's about you know positioning, knowing where to adjust and quickness. And it's pretty impressive. (laughs) And I think that a lot of that comes from MPI. If you get a female grad that's gone through the entire MPI series, Mm -hmm. like for me, it's all about speed. and And so I can get better movement out of certain joints than some of the male doctors that have interviewed with us or Mm -hmm. that have shadowed with us. And like, this is me being pregnant as well. Like I'm using like all the leverage and using my body and my baby bump more efficiently. (laughs) And like, I still weigh less than them when I'm Mm -hmm. in my third trimester of pregnancy. (laughs) Um, So I think that like, that's also a huge thing is when you're looking for like a female chiropractor, someone that's taken MPI courses, Mm -hmm. I have found tend to be by far more proficient adjusters. Um, Yeah, they do a great job. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, Shameless plug. 
what do you, what are your recommendations for other female chiropractors in the way of, uh, let's just step aside a little bit from being in a partnership with a, a spouse that's in your office, but just in general terms, some of the things to consider, um, for maternity or getting pregnant and the timing and just the different realities of being a chiropractor, whether you work for someone or if you own your own business, like what are some of your insights for that? So I've had this conversation with multiple females within Mm -hmm. FPCA. And I think from like an associate standpoint, it needs to be a learning how to negotiate what you actually need. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a doctor that is very well known in FPCA and she practices in Michigan and her and I uh, converse back and forth for Mm -hmm. a couple months on how to structure her associate contract. And I think the big thing is, is that we, do ourselves this disservice because we think that we need to come back at six weeks Mm -hmm. and that magically at six weeks, like everything is going to be healed. And Mm -hmm. that's not, that's not really the case. And I found that we actually tend to injure ourselves more the Mm -hmm. sooner that we come back and then we have a longer recovery. Um, So I think taking like a full 12 weeks or six weeks completely off and then starting back at extremely Mm part-time making sure that you're taking care of yourself making sure that you're following up with your doctor and then getting an assessment by a pelvic floor pt there is literally nothing more embarrassing than coming back and adjusting your patients and then peeing in front of Mm -hmm. them because you cannot control your own body yeah, I mean it's a, it's a reality, and it may be you know as a female you're in a fortunate scenario to where if you have to come back in that six to eight week mark, maybe you're doing just like exams and history and consults and and doing some of those things that aren't as physically demanding as you know obviously treating patients, and that's obviously one of the big struggles, right? Absolutely, <laughs> is, is the physical side of what we do. But even from like the standpoint of like the solo female practitioner, Mm -hmm. you can schedule a full four weeks off, Mm -hmm. structure some time for someone to come into the office to watch your baby, where you can structure your schedule, where you only see one patient every half an hour, take your time, be gentle on yourself, allow time for some recovery, Mm -hmm. and you can still come back and not injure yourself because you're trying to accomplish all the things. I think another big thing is whether you are, uh, regardless of if you're breastfeeding or formula feeding, Mm -hmm. still structuring like a full 30 to 40 minute break, um, like every two hours so that Mm -hmm. you can rest. uh, Because what will happen is you'll overdo it with adjusting because you forget how much core is actually involved in adjusting and you'll start to have more bleeding postpartum, Mm -hmm. which means you're doing too much. So actually scheduling breaks for yourself when you come back Mm -hmm. and sitting down and drinking and eating and actually resting versus trying to do four hours straight through at six weeks postpartum. Mm -hmm. Like you're just asking to injure yourself and take longer for you to get back to full-time practice than if you started off at a slower rate. I also think it's a good opportunity if you are a solo doc and you have to do a uh, maternity leave, that's where a good sinking fund could come into play. You know, like if you are planning to get pregnant and then you prepare ahead of time to where you can put some money away to where, okay, I'm not going to be practicing for X amount of weeks, but we'll have enough money to put into our operating account to still um, obviously survive and, and thrive once you get back. So I think that's a, a strategy to, to consider. Um, I want to ask a, a question from, let's say, let's take it from a, a little bit of a different angle. Let's say you are a um, business owner, a practice owner, and you have a female associate. What should say we um, consider for that uh, female associate? Is there anything we should be putting in our agreements to allow for it? Um, what's fair? Like, how, Let's talk about that from that perspective a little bit, because I think that conversation needs to be had. So I have two thoughts on mm-hmm. this. One is I think that you need to consider what happens um, with a full-term pregnancy and delivery. And then my other thought is you need to also consider what happens with um, a miscarriage or yep. um, infant loss. Yep. So I think from a full-term pregnancy to delivery, 
I do think that offering uh, between eight to 12 weeks, either fully paid or eight mm -hmm. weeks full pay, and then a structure of a percentage of a salary to 12 weeks mm -hmm. is with the current climate and current market is going to kind of keep you in line with what your competitors are going to be doing. But also if you have a superstar employee, you have a superstar associate investing that term versus you invest two years into them. And then you tell them you get 50% of your salary for four weeks. And then at four weeks, you have to come back full time. Because if you've invested two years with them, they're going to say F you, mm -hmm. and they're not going to come back and work for you versus if you say, you know what, I'm going to give you a full 12 weeks paid, we're going to structure you at part-time, half your salary, mm -hmm. half your percentage, whatever the case may be. And then I think from the perspective of miscarriage and infant mm -hmm. loss, I think it kind of gets shoved under the rug a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think that people forget that you're still either delivering vaginally or having a cesarean or a DNC. And so that's still going to be either a vaginal delivery, major abdominal surgery. Mm -hmm. And that requires more than two or three days to recover from. So I think from that perspective, offering up to two full weeks for bereavement and recovery from miscarriage yep. is huge. And I think that that gets swept under the rug because in mm -hmm. our society, we don't talk about miscarriage. We don't talk about infant loss, but from an employer standpoint, if, mm -hmm. like I said, you have that superstar employee, you know, yep. that she could potentially be having children or having miscarriages. I think from that standpoint, this sh shows them that you, you care about them and you understand the process that they're going through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's something I've actually never seen a policy in any female associate contract addressing yeah. infant loss or miscarriage. It's it's a it's a great point, and I and it needs to be in there, and that's a that's definitely something that I never even thought of, frankly. Um, that's a, that's an interesting thought process, and I you know I, I, obviously we're not attorneys, we're not legal, and all that stuff, all the disclaimers. But uh, obviously, if you're a business owner, you should have a contract attorney, and that's that should be something you should consider. Uh, your attorney will know what to put in there, and then you can coordinate that, and and obviously negotiate that with your a female associate, but that makes sense. You know, if there is miscarriage or uh, things of that nature, there needs to be some consideration as well. Um, let's, let's ask a, another question. Let's say, um, you know, we're, we're a practice where the, we're the practice owner, we hire, we have a female associate and the, and the female associates doing uh, a lot of the patient care. And there's so many patients coming in that you need two full-time doctors to handle that load. Have you talked to any situations in that regard on, on what to do for that? Is that where maybe having a temp fill in is useful because of the main doctor still there to guide that temp? Is that something that you've had any experience with? So uh, again, referencing mm -hmm. the other female doc in FTCA, what happened in her scenario was that they actually desire, uh, like they decided to hire another associate because okay. the amount of new patients coming in mm -hmm. could support that full-time, that second full-time doctor. So as she went and cut her hours to part-time to them being out on maternity leave for three full months, this other doctor is taking over her patients and then seeing all of the new patients. And then mm -hmm. she will come back as a part-time associate. So yeah. then again, she's such a superstar employee. Her employer saw the value in keeping her on, hired another doctor. So the clinic continues to grow and doesn't mm -hmm. plateau. And then when she comes back, it's going to be more growth because mm -hmm. now you've opened up her part-time schedule, her patients uh, are going to move back to her. Now this allows for the second doctor to have more availability, which then just allows them to grow more. So great. I think having this growth mindset mm -hmm. with your female employees is key because this is actually the scenario that we're in as well. Mm -hmm. We hired an associate while I went on maternity leave. He took over a 
good chunk of my patient base. And then those people Mm -hmm. that didn't like him saw Mitch. Mm -hmm. Then we were funneling all of our new patients directly to him. Now I've come back. I've opened up some hours part-time my patients that or patients that prefer to see a female, like a female, see me. Now I've opened up his schedule to see more. And now his schedule is expanded as well. That's great. No, that's a, that's a really good point with that. And um, I, you know, I, I'm, I really like this conversation because I think it, it's not have, being having enough and not, and it might be being had amongst female chiropractors, like obviously people reaching out to you and, and asking, but I think a lot more male doctors need to be uh, learning some of this information. And one of the questions I had, I guess would be, and I'm not sure if you mentioned it, but, um, would there be a time frame that the, the female doctor would work for the, the practice before they'd be eligible for say a paid leave or, uh, you know, like you maybe not want a situation where they've worked for you for three months and then all of a sudden are going on paid leave, or, uh, is that not being understanding enough either? What are your thoughts on that? So I think it depends on how you started the relationship with the the doctor. Like if you knew coming in that she was pregnant, I think that that's a little bit of a different scenario than if say um, she's worked with you for six months or a year Mm -hmm. Um, based on your coaching with us. We know that when we're looking at the metrics of an associate, you really can't look at anything until after six months. So I think once you've hit that six months to a year where you can Mm -hmm. tell like, yes, this person is a great fit for my practice. Yes, I want to invest with them. I think that's a good time to consider adding an addendum to your contract regarding maternity leave and, um, I don't know, infant loss leave. Uh, makes a lot of sense. That's perfect. And, you know, I think just as a practice owner, whether, and when I say practice owner, it could be a female practice owner. It could be a male practice owner. It doesn't matter. But if you're employing a female chiropractor, I think you need to be cognizant of this and be very uh, accepting and understanding and proactive. I I think that's, you mentioned earlier about things getting swept under the rug. I think this is what happens is sometimes uh, it gets swept under the rug and it's not discussed and there's no plan of attack. And then the female associate gets pregnant and then there's no plan. There's no, there's reaction and, and it can be a tough situation because maybe the business isn't prepared for it. You know, like there's all kinds of things that have to go into it, but it shouldn't be this thing that's not discussed or pre-planned. I also think that there's a hidden value in female chiropractors because Mm -hmm. Mitch has already cashed out and how many hours he can work a week. So Mm -hmm. he's already not working Tuesday mornings and he's not working Fridays. And granted, I'm not coming back full-time, but now I can go in turn, work those Tuesday morning hours, work those Friday morning hours, open up hours for the clinic And then I personally have such a draw or such a niche patient base that I more than pay for us to one, Mm -hmm. have me there in the morning, but also to have a front desk working with me as well. So if you're at the point where like, you're not ready to hire a full-time associate, but you need someone Mm part-time, I personally think that a female chiropractor that wants part-time hours Mm -hmm. can be your solution to that problem because there are idea. plenty of female <laughs> chiropractors that want to work part-time yeah. and like for me working nine to 12 Tuesday and Friday uh-huh. work perfectly for my kids. And those are dead times in our practice right now. Yeah. And I mean, that's a great idea because like a lot of practices need uh, one and a half chiropractors or two and a half chiropractors. They don't need two or they don't need three. And so they don't, you know, it's like, it's like, if I could just have a part-time chiropractor that, that could solve a lot of issues and that's, that potentially could be out there. Mm-hmm. Or you can just marry one. That where you just marry one. Yes. <laughs> uh, but that's great. You know, and I think, uh, I, you know, there could be this potential where if this conversation is being had more and, and it's not being swept under the rug, we could combat the potential of um, chiropractic owners, not hiring female doctors because of that concern. Right. So that's the, that's the hidden monster in the room is that if it's not addressed and there's not a plan, and if there's not this, um, collaboration, uh, then what ends up potentially happening is there's not, um, the opportunity for female chiropractors out there because the owner chiropractor is concerned about that. Would, would you agree to that? For sure. 
And I think it's a reality and we, we just don't want that to be the case either. So if we have a plan, a fair plan, um, have it, have it negotiated. And then for our, for our female audience out there, that's listening, negotiate. If you are in the negotiating phase or looking for a job or potentially will soon make sure that's a point of topic. Even if you're not married at this point, right? Like you might be single, but you meet someone nine months down the road and then you get pregnant a year after that. And it was never had. So I would go into the uh, agreement situation, having that conversation. Yeah, definitely make a, just bring up the subject, like mm-hmm. make a plan. If it doesn't happen, great. If it does, even better, you figured everything out for the most part. Definitely. So there's no, because that can also be like a, I can see like a, a cloud over the head too. Mm-hmm. Or like, mm-hmm. oh man, I can't get pregnant. I'm, I'm not going to be able to work. I'm not going to do these things. I can't do this, do that. So if you can, if you have a plan that's in place from the beginning, uh, everyone will be in the same, same happy boat. Yep. And I think yeah. we probably need a, we need a part two of this episode on just on this. <laughs> I think it also helps prevent resentment as well. Yeah. Um, because that's a really hard pill to swallow when you've gone through this thought process, this thought process of I'm going to be this full-time female chiropractor mm-hmm. and I'm going to be just as good as the guys and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to be successful. And then all of a sudden you get sidelined mm-hmm. because you want to have a family and yep. you will definitely resent your partner if you have to give up your career, but you haven't had the conversation that that's what having a family entails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, listen, this episode was one of our longer ones to date, which I'm glad because it was needed <laughs> and, and we, and we need a part two for sure. But I, I want to um, really thank you for coming on this show. There was a lot of great information there on both topics of partnership in life and practice and in the maternity. Uh, we need to unpack that a little bit further. And so I'll have you on, uh, on a, on a part two for sure, but thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. Before you leave, make sure you check out our website. We've got blogs and podcasts and all kinds of great info at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com. We also have a closed Facebook group of the same name where a lot of like-minded chiropractors are workshopping ideas and making sure that we have this continual advancement of marketing, business, mindset, and just growth of your practice. So check us out, modernchiropracticmarketing.com and the Facebook group of the same name.